Chapter Twenty Eight of Marion, the Story of an Artist's Model, by Winifred Eaton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Chapter Twenty Eight. It was the second week in May, but as warm as summer, and the flowers were all blooming in the parks. The artists were leaving Boston early that year. There seemed only a handful of them left in town. I had scarcely any engagements. Mr. Sands had left, and so had four other artists for whom I had been posing. Mr. Rintoul, too, had gone away. I could no longer go to Mr. Parker, the man who had beaten me. I sat in my little hall room, reading a letter from home. Dear Marion, wrote Ada, we are all very glad to hear you are doing so well in Boston. I had told them so. And we hope you will come home this summer. Papa is not at all well, and Mama awfully worried. There is not much money coming in. I'm doing all I can to help, and I gave up a good position offered me by the CPR to travel over their western lines and write travel pamphlets, because I will not leave Mama just now. Charles would do more, but his wife won't let him. I think you ought to help. Ellen has been sending money regularly, but now Wallace is ill. Even Nora sends something each week. I must say, Marion, that you always were the one to think only of yourself, and you always managed to have a good time. Now, as you are earning money in the States, and there are so many younger ones at home, you certainly ought to send home some money. It is wicked of you not to. You will be sorry to hear that Daisy, the sister next to Nellie, went into the convent to be a nun last week. She simply was bent upon it, and nothing we could say or do would stop her. You know she became a convert to the Catholic faith soon after Nellie married de Roquefort. She is with the Order of the Little Sisters of Jesus, and her name is now Sister Marie Anastasia. We all feel very badly about it, as she is so young to shut herself up for life. Last Sunday I went for a walk as far as the convent of Le Petit Sur de Jesus, and I looked over the garden fence, but I could see no sign of our Daisy. So I called, Daisy, Daisy, and oh, Marion, I felt awful to think of her behind those stone walls, just like a prisoner, and I even imagined I saw her face looking out of one of the windows of the solemn, ghostly-looking convent building. It is a very hard order. We did everything to dissuade her. But one night she took the pilgrimage to St. Anne de Popre on a sort of prayer ship, and she never got off her knees all night long. Do you remember what beautiful hair Daisy had? The only one in our family with golden hair. Well, it is all shaved off, Mama says, though that was unnecessary till her final vows. So we've lost Daisy. It's just as if she were dead. Have you broken off your engagement to that Reggie Bertie? You know I always said he was no good, and I never believed he really loved you. That kind of man only loves himself. Anyway, there is no need to get married if you can earn your own living. I think most men are hateful. I met that Lil Marky on the street, and she asked for your address. She said she was going to New York. She's pretty common, and if I were you, I'd not associate with her. You should have some pride. 
write soon and send some money when you do sooner the better love from all your affectionate sister ada i looked at my money i counted all that i possessed i had just six dollars and twenty cents i was badly in need of clothes and i was only eating one meal a day for breakfast and lunch i had simply crackers still i felt that those at home probably needed money more than i did so i wrote to ada dear ada i was so sorry to hear papa is ill and that you were all having a hard time so i enclose four dollars all i can spare just now i am not making as much as i thought i was going to when i last wrote you but i'll soon be doing fine so don't worry about me and tell papa and mamma everything is all right it's awful about daisy she's a poor little fool and yet perhaps she is happier than any of us anyway i guess she feels peaceful it must be sweet not to have to worry at all still i don't believe in any stupid churches now you don't understand about reggie he was and is in love with me so there and he writes to me every day begging me to return i guess i know my own affairs better than you do i have no more news so we'll say good-bye and with love to all your affectionate sister marion i posted my letter and then started out to keep an engagement to pose for an illustrator on huntington avenue he had a charming studio apartment in a new building i knew both mr snow and his wife pretty well for i had posed for most of his later work they had only been married a little while she was very pretty and sweet too he was a tall rather lanky man of about thirty and his long teeth stuck out in front under his mustache he made a great deal of money as he said he had the knack of making pretty girls faces and that was what the magazines wanted he told me one day that there was a time when he had not known where his next meal would come from then he had met his wife he said her family are the reynolds of cambridge and they had the dough all right she had really started him on the way to success he was in a very genial mood that afternoon and chatted away while he drew my head he was making a cover for a popular magazine i had removed my waist and arranged some drapery about my shoulders to give the effect of an evening gown when he was through and i was buttoning up my waist in the back he came behind me and said allow me and started to button my waist for me but while he was doing it he kissed me on the back of my neck i think i began when a sweet voice called from the doorway i have brought miss asco and you some tea dear mrs snow had entered the room carrying a tray in her hand she was a frail pretty little thing with beautiful reddish hair piled on top of her head mr snow went forward and took the tray from her hands and bending down he kissed the hands holding it thank you darling he murmured what an angel you are she looked at him with such love and trust in her eyes that i decided no tale of mine should hurt her i made up my mind however not to pose for mr snow again so there was another of my artists gone i left that house 
wondering if it were possible to believe in any man and then i thought of mr rintoul and i felt warmed and comforted end of chapter twenty eight recording by james k white chula vista